0: Voices of Courage. Today this is your host Ken Foster. Wow I have an amazing show for you today. What is it that little voice that we hear and some of us hear it loud and some of us don't hear it very loud. Some of us don't hear it at all. But that little voice, that intuitive voice that tells you go left, go right, Uh, invest in this, don't invest in that. Be with this relationship, don't be with that relationship. Uh, This food's good to eat, that's not. What is that little voice inside of us? Well, today I've named this show The Courage to Listen to God's Will. Wow, God's Will, what the heck is that? Now, why don't I even come up with that title? Well... I'm going to tell you, I have a guest today that has, uh, she's a filmmaker, and she has uh, put together an amazing film, but it really has to do with following that will, following that intuition, following that little voice that a lot of us don't know how to follow. So if you are a person that wants to, first of all, watch an incredible film that's coming out, and also Learn how to really tap into that inner voice in a greater way so that you can create your genius and bring your genius in the world in a greater way. Maybe you've got a film in you. Then stay tuned to this because this is going to be an exciting show, and uh, I think you're going to really like it. Got to take a quick break, then I'll bring back with my guest.
1: There comes a time when you know you need to restart and regain control of your life. A time to seek freedom from the anxiety, addiction, and other issues that may be bringing you down. A time to heal and reemerge as the real you. Villa Kalima is a holistic, residential recovery program exclusively for women for individualized treatment. Villa Kalima offers proven clinical and holistic therapies for the mind, body, and spirit to assure sustainable recovery. Villa Kalima focuses on healing the cause, not temporarily masking symptoms. It's the only way to truly recover and find yourself again. Villa Kalima is located in a beautiful, peaceful, resort-like setting and is a licensed and accredited residential treatment center accepting a variety of health insurances. Start your healing and renewal today by calling Villa Kalima in La Costa, California at 760-814-8214. 760-814-8214. Villa Kalima, a place for transformation.
0: Well, welcome back, everybody, and as I mentioned, I'm calling this show The Courage to Know if it's God's will, and uh, my guest today is Maya Sandbar. Maya, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, so glad you're here. Let me give you a formal introduction. Uh, Maya is a a director and is a multimedia artist who can relate to the flight of refugees as her own family, has a history of refugee displacement. Her father having fled Hatha, Palestine, in 1948. Maya joined forces recently with co-directors Gustavo Leal and Fago Melo. Hope I got those names right. The founders of the Brazilian award-winning film company Dirty Work to create an animated film to the haunting tune. Oh my gosh, a lot. Let's see, I'm going to get this wrong. Why don't you go ahead and predict the name of the, the film, Maya?
2: Inshallah. Inshallah. Inshallah.
0: Yeah. Okay, so it's produced by our company, Chasing the Light Studio. And, um, I'm, you know, Inshallah is a very, uh, uh, it's a, an Arabic expression that means God willing or God's will, it. And yes. um, it's very common is what I understand. Is that true?
2: Yes, it's true. It's this expression of, it says inshallah and everyone has their own way of saying it and it's about how you trust in god how you trust in tomorrow and trust in this hope that you know, if they, someone says to you i'll see you tomorrow you say inshallah or you know i'll, I'll we'll meet again next year you will say inshallah it's always about yes my will is there but it's god's will is be, is above our own and, had, and trusting that things will be okay keeping that door ajar yeah.
0: Yeah, is it? Is it, uh, do you live your life from that place?
2: I feel like I do, like a bit of a rolling stone that just uh, f- follows the wind in its direction. So I try to, to set purpose and set intention, but then leave a, a gap open to what might happen and where things could lead to. And sometimes magical things happen that you don't expect. And I, I like to have vision and focus, but at the same time, Keep space for unpredictable things that happen and sometimes they end up in a more interesting place than where you intended if you're open to them and don't struggle with the things when they don't go exactly as you want them to
0: well I like that a lot I think we'll just uh, hold our intention that our show today just goes in those places that uh, we not we're not sure where it's gonna go um you know the film uh, inshallah which you've uh, put together is right now being considered for a two thousand twenty two Oscar. And yes. a, uh, a BAFTA. Um, that's pretty cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're really happy because we we uh, at our first first film festival, Cinéquest, and we qualified and we won best film there, and we qualified for the Oscar. And we've been showing it since in a few different festivals, and we've it's been really important to us to show it. At, we showed it at, at Serpentine Gallery in London, for example, which is a very art gallery space. And then also showing it in refugee camps in Lesbos and working. So the idea is to really have the film shown in many different places and situations to different audiences. So it's got different missions. One of them is to raise awareness about the fact that we are all potentially refugees and we could lose our homes and shift in our lives, you know, depending on conflict or climate change. But also as a therapy tool for um, anyone who's suffered displacement or or loss in any way or another, and we're using it also in classrooms. We've got some. We're using it in a. We've got an education pack on our website that we've just put up, and uh, like for example, the film was shown at a festival in Albania last week, and they asked us if they could use it in their in their schools. So schooling is very important as well because lots of like for example, in England, in the school down the road, we've got. Afghan refugees that have just arrived, quite quite a few of them, like 110 in the in the one down the road. And it's also explaining to children who are these other children that have arrived and where they've come from and why they've come. And reminding people that we they don't often they don't want to leave home most of the time, actually always, they don't want to leave home. They usually have a good life and things happen in their surroundings that force them to flee. And it's that reminder. Well, you, know, I, I, um,
0: you know, it's um, you said something that I really resonated with. You know that uh, we're all refugees, right? Um, yeah. Tell me about that. What does that mean to you?
2: Um, I feel like it's been interesting in the last couple of years. You know, we all feel a bit slight, slightly displaced. We all feel um, that life can change very suddenly for no reason that we don't always expect. Um, so, lockdown and COVID has been one of those. And it's just a reminder of how we can live our lives differently and things can can change very drastically so appreciate what we do have but at the same time be able to shift and change depending and be flexible you know like they say be flexible like like grass you know it won't break whereas if you're a big solid tree too too rooted in that that can break so it's about learning how to be to be flexible and yeah. uh, and adjust to our environment.
0: You know, I find I find with God's will that uh, miracles, magic, and synchronicity seems to show up in my life, and I bet it does in yours too. How did you get Sting to uh, give you the move the uh, uh, the song for the movie one of his songs? Um,
2: so I, I'm. I, I I make uh, feature films, uh, documentaries, and features, and I had made a film with um, Trudy, who's his wife. She's a producer here, and and I was uh, over at her at their place uh, outside London, and and uh, Sting was recording the song, and it had this. He, he said to me, "Oh, he's got he's got had his friends who who were here, his bandmates who were here from LA and France as well, and they were recording. The recording studio was actually the same." Place that we'd had dinner the night before transformed the next day into the studio and he's like oh how do you pronounce the word inshallah and he had this this um kind of question about about is it okay for a western person to be using this word and he was i was really impressed with that sensitivity you know could he appropriate the word in the song because it resonated to him so much this word inshallah and he was so affected by seeing the refugees in uh syria and those images that we've all seen that were shocking of children washed up on the beach and, and and Greece and and he wrote it really from the heart and when when I heard it um I just it just the penny the penny dropped for me that this was the song to use because I'd be wanting to use a film to make a film about refugees for a while. And I wanted it to be short and sweet. And this song was so hypnotic and the way that it came through that I asked him, I said, would you give me the song and I can make a film about refugees? And he immediately said yes. And it's only a couple of years later that I fully came into being able to make it. And he's been so supportive throughout the process. Like He's like, oh, just go ahead and do what you, what you feel with it. And we just check the character, characters with him and the storyline to make sure... very much set within the sea. And we did a lot of research with the with refugees to make sure that the story was also very authentic. And it's quite a responsibility on our shoulders to tell in seven minutes the story of so many millions of refugees around the world. There's eight million refugees, there's four million children, there's four hundred thousand unaccompanied children in the world. And we wanted to say it from the child's point of view and so sting very generously just said please take you know he gave it to us pro bono so we have permission from sony universal publishing to wow use it that's awesome
0: uh, that's that's just a that's amazing but i like the synchronicity of it that was very yeah. good and uh you know i uh i got i gotta take uh my i gotta take a quick break well we uh well we'll, we'll take a break we'll come back up. Uh, I didn't get the answer to the question Is in, 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 inshallah, is that okay for us to use in the West? But, well, love it. Let's, let's take a break. You can answer that when I get
2: back. Okay. Okay.
3: Do your legs ever feel restless, swollen, or fatigued? Do you ever get cramps that disturb your sleep? You might be suffering from chronic venous insufficiency, an extremely common problem affecting about 40 million Americans. The good news is that help can be found with Support MD's Vein Formula Supplement. Their Vein Formula Supplement supports normal venous function and was created by board-certified cardiovascular surgeon Dr. John Chuback. Who made it his mission to provide the highest quality supplements using only the best ingredients and relying on scientific research from around the world. Dr. Chewbacca is at the forefront of educating physicians and patients about the important role dietary supplements can play in the management of vein and lymphatic disease. It was his passion that led to the creation of Vita Support MD. Live a healthier life with Vita Support MD's vein formula supplement available at vitasupportmd.com. That's VitaSupportMD.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
4: Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life, and you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity or increase your courage, step into your power, and forge into the unknown where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken D. Foster's newest book, The Courage to Change Everything, Strategies and Wisdom to Transform Your Life One Day at a Time. This powerful but simple guide provides you with 365 days of life-transforming wisdom, profound questions, and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success. Stop wondering why your business or life isn't working. The answers are available now. Imagine if you had more courage or a Another chance to start following your dreams. To pick up your copy of The Courage to Change Everything, visit the Courage to change everything.com. That's Courage to change everything.com.
0: Well, welcome back, everybody. I'm talking with Maya Sandbar, and she is a filmmaker. She has a new film out uh, in Shara. And, um, Maya, by the way, how can people get that film? Where, where, where can they see it?
2: festival run at the moment so just check out our website it's chasing it's chasing it's chasing the light studio F- footsteps on the wind the name of the film is footsteps in the wind the company is chasing the light so if you are instagram it's uh, um footsteps on the wind and chasing the light studio we give updates on all of our film festivals at the moment and if you're an ngo or a school just contact me direct and we can arrange for you to have it as well um Beforehand, at the moment we're doing the festival run until the Oscar nominations are out, and we will see. We've got our fingers crossed until that time. So I just I just finished my application for the Oscars last week, so I'm just you know waiting to see what happens.
0: That's got to be so exciting! I I'm just so happy for you. I think that's that's fantastic. What's going on? Thank um, you. It's, wow. Yeah. Can you? uh So can we use the uh, the name Inshallah in the West? Is that something that we should not be using?
2: Uh, name. It's a universal word. It's an Arabic word, but it's universal. And many cultures use it. I mean, South America, they use it. I mean, we use it in many cultures because it's kind of a strong, I believe in the in the sound of words as well. And it's kind of this kind of inshallah. It feels very, uh, yeah, it feels like empowering and at the same time um, humbling. So it, the sound of it is quite... Uh, forgiving for many people I think and at the end of the film we have a lot of voices of inshallah so because Sting had that query I had the idea that at the end we should have lots of different voices and ways of saying inshallah so if you listen to the end credits there's all sorts of voices that we collected in refugee camps and also friends and family and different ways of people saying inshallah so there's a hundred Inshallahs at the end of the film
0: Uh, I have a question for you why did you decide to use animation instead of uh, live action shorts
2: that's a really good question. We um, wanted to tell the story from an emotional point of view because there's lots of documentaries and different things that have been talked about the, the situation of refugees, and we want we feel that it's that people are quite alienated by this idea of refugees and the hardness of it. And because we wanted to put it to be used for awareness raising, but also as a as a therapy method animation has a way of getting to the heart and reaching into the emotions rather than the head. And so reaching into the heart and telling the story from a child's point of view, inspiration was very much from a fairy tales. So we've got Alice in Wonderland, Jack and the Beanstalk, Wizard of Oz with the, with the house going down into the sea rather than up into the sky. And all, all of these inspirations were, were bringing in the surreal into the real because the situation is surreal of these children. And I'm always amazed at their resilience when I meet them and work with them and how they work and find ways of finding magical things in, in terrible things. So when I was filming in Gaza, for example, you'd have a lot of children, you know, working, still playing in rubble or, um, and it was very important also with the storytelling element to, um, be able to skip time and use the talismans that they, there's a lot of symbolism in the film so animation really allowed us to work with symbolism so for example there's an orange tree that there's the whole journey of an of an orange within this journey of these two children a bit like Hansel and Gretel and they have this orange that at the very beginning is with their father and then when they get separated from the father they find the orange that's much later in the terrible Sea under sea sequence, which is terrible, but actually they find their own strengths with this orange and then they have these seeds and then the seeds are planted when they get to land into this new land and the seeds then come up into a giant beanstalk and there's time lapse as well as they grow up this beanstalk. So with animation, you're able to create jumping of time and, and putting so much symbolism and levels into it that live action doesn't permit. And so that's why I chose animation for that, this. Particular. That makes
0: sense. That makes sense. I'm, um, what, what do you want people to walk away from? Or what, what did you design it when people walk away from the experience of the film? What, how, how do you want them to walk away feeling?
2: I would love people to, um, first of all, realize the journey that refugees, uh, go through, but it's also about our own, everyone's journey. Um, Wherever we come from, we have our own journey. So talismans, what do we... Like, for example, the seeds I just mentioned, it's about all of our seeds. Where do we, where do we take them from and where do we plant them in our intentions, in our, in our life? I mean, my company is called Chasing the Light Studio because it's all about chasing the light that's within you. What is the light that you carry within you from your experiences and from your childhood and from everything that you carry in your life journey? And then where do you plant those? What do you choose to select? And how do you plant those in the future? It's encouraging people to look within their own journeys and have empathy for other people's journeys and connect to them. So when they see someone that's come from somewhere else, not to make assumptions of why they've come and, you know, are they coming to benefit from one thing or another, but realizing that they've they've, they've had their own suffering journey and that we're all here to help each other in that sense yeah. and encourage people to. Yeah, have it's, it's, their- uh,
0: it's definitely the hero's journey. I think, uh, you know, with the refugees, what, um, you know, their flight is, uh, you know, that they've gone through. I, lo- I love what you said. You know, they, they make the best out of, the little children make the best out of where they are. Um, yeah. But that doesn't make mean that where they are is the best place for these children. And, yeah. you know, it's uh, when we have more compassion and empathy, I'm so glad you're making this film, that we can pull on the heartstrings of, of those that might have influence and be able to, you know, make this uh, world a little better place by even helping one refugee. Um, yeah i i think I think that's uh that's a powerful that's message
2: Anyone that you find on that that encounters your path but for example, this weekend I was in Calais and Dunkirk, I took five loads of cars of donations of people that gave us just you know to bring new socks, new clothes, you know shoes, all sorts of things that we took to, that people are encouraged and wanting to help more so that the, the, the yeah. film is really doing that.
0: You know, Maya, some people might say, you know, why should I worry about refugees? I've got my own problems in our own country, and we've got our own poverty in our own country. And what do you answer people that say things like that?
2: Well, I mean, I'm a refugee and I'm a British citizen. You know, America's full of refugees. You know, it's built on the refugee story, America, and it makes it beautiful. And you have all contributed to society in their own ways. But if you're not interested in helping refugees that come from abroad, just help your fellow neighbor. It doesn't matter. Help everybody that's around you. It's all about kindness and helping each other out. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah
2: I, know. I,
0: I get, I, I get that. Okay. Let's uh, plans for the <clears throat> for distribution. Where do you see this going around the world? Where do you see the film going?
2: So I see it going. It's global. It's already going all around in different countries, big and small um so the idea is for it to be seen as much as possible what's nice about it is that it's just seven minutes so it's easy to share and people don't get bored there and they, they'll watch it two or three times because there's so many symbolisms within it that when you watch the second time you notice more and more things so the idea is really to, i'd love to have it in in curriculums and school curriculums about migration and um like I'm showing it in my son's school, like uh, in a couple of months, and that's really nice to be able to show it in in the classroom. And lots of lots of classrooms are taking it in. And so I'm approaching governments as well. Uh, I plan to take it to Davos. I've I've written to them to talk about the storytelling power of storytelling and empathy. So really trying to use the film as a as a tool in that sense. And that filmmaking and storytelling is a valuable tool to shift perceptions and minds on all sorts of subjects, you know, climate, planet, and humanity. Okay.
0: I love that vision and uh, just uh, let you know, let your publicist know, I'd be more than happy to uh, send an email out to our database and letting people know about uh, about the film itself. So love to do that. Love to support you in that. I think... You know, if you're listening to my show and you have a database and you would like to get uh, more consciousness in the world, more compassion, then you know, let me know and I'll put you in touch with Maya too. Um,
2: Thank you. Right. I love your. It's got such a great ethos behind it, and it's always interesting and symbolic and everything that comes through. So, tell great me about work. the.
0: E- tell me about the ebook. Tell me about uh, what uh, what can we can expect
2: there. About the ebook. Yeah. Um, so we're working on a book as well. That's, um, that's, it's again about, um, sharing stories and, and therapy. So we're developing it and we'll be sharing that out. You know, I'll keep you posted.
0: Please do. Yeah. If you need any support in that, let me know too. I have, um, one of my friends is a guy by the name of Bill Gladstone and Bill has done over 10,000 books. One of the top oh. publishers in the world and, uh, uh, agents also. So it's a good guy. Amazing.
2: Thank you. I would love that. I mean, we've got Ashet here in London, who's uh, two, two authors that have developed the story with me, but we're trying to find innovative ways to make it interesting and different to the film. So I would love to talk to him. Thanks for that, yeah.
0: Okay, well, we'll stay on after the show and I'll give you his information. So, all right, so, what? and, you know, we got about a minute left, okay? So I want you to tell everybody, what is your message to the world right now?
2: message to the world is uh, love one another, try to find um, peace within within the conflict that's around us. Uh, When I went to um, Calais and Dunkirk this weekend, I was really touched by, by refugees that are waiting at the border trying to cross to safety. And a lot of them are in the sea trying to cross over and risk their lives daily. Um, so it's having compassion for that, but also remembering that um, there's 67 conflicts going on in the world today, 67 wars, and that's going to lead to migration and people sh- shifting and moving. So really trying to push our governments to, to do the right thing in the way that they, that they manage their, their budgets and to open doors to, to, to immigrants who can, who can add value to society in many ways and has been proven historically to do so.
0: Well, I really like that a lot. And listen, as one of my listeners, um, what I'd like to encourage my listeners to do is take an action step today. Maybe take three action steps today. What can you do to support Maya and her and her quest, and uh, support refugees in our country and refugees around the world? What are three actions you can take to make that happen? Maya, thank you so much for being here. I might wish you so much success
2: in the film. Thank you so much. And thanks
0: for having me on the show. I love it. Oh, hey, uh, uh, it's been my pleasure. All right. Well, listen, that was an amazing interview, and I hope you will connect with Maya and I hope you will go out and uh, see that film, do your part in helping this world become a better place for all. If you'll do that, if everybody did that, we just did three action steps today to make this world a little better place. Tune into what your strengths are. You know, what are your abilities? Some of you like you own companies. Some of you can uh, have your company uh, watch this film, put it out, let people know about it. Others have radio uh, shows like me or you have ways to connect people. Um, Whatever your action is, I really encourage you to go do that. And for the rest of you, I just want to thank you for listening to the show. I want you to let your friends and family know about us because, you know, that's how we grow. So you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and you can watch all the replays on VoicesOfCourage.us or just tell Alexa, Cortana or Siri, play Voices of Courage podcast. It'll come right up for you. And anything else I want to tell you? Well, uh, just have a blessed life. And until next time, I want you to continue to See the unseeable and know the unknowable and do the impossible. Well, hello and welcome, everybody. Welcome to another amazing show with the Voices of Courage. Today, I'm looking at my window, and uh, it's fall, isn't it? You know, I'm watching the trees. There's an aspen tree right outside my window, and uh, the wind is blowing. I'm up in Colorado. It just snowed last night, and uh, it's losing its leaves. These leaves are just falling off this tree right now. so beautiful, so we're in a season of change right now, and I'm wondering if you're ready to maybe make some changes uh, in your own life. Today we're going to be talking about empathetic communication and what that really means to us. Well, that some of the techniques we're going to be talking to you about today have been uh, used in negotiation in Israel uh, over the decades. They've been used in the White House. They've been used in many generations of families and I have an expert on my show that's going to help you to really change your communication. You know, the toughest thing that happens for us with, is in communication is when somebody's upset with us. Can you relate? Somebody's upset with you, and now maybe they're, maybe they're angry. Maybe they're saying things that you don't like to hear, you know. How do you respond back to that? in a loving way when you don't want to be loving you just want to maybe attack back (laughs) well we're going to switch that up and give you some tools today that will really be able to help you to become that compassionate communicator that I know everybody really wants to do so listen I got to take a quick break when I come back we're going to jump right in with my guest and here we go
4: Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life and you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity or increase your courage, step into your power and forge into the unknown where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken D. Foster's newest book, the courage to change everything strategies and wisdom to transform your life one day at a time this powerful but simple guide provides you with 365 days of life transforming wisdom profound questions and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success stop wondering why your business or life isn't working the answers are available now imagine if you had more courage or another chance to start following your dreams to pick up your copy of the courage to change everything visit the courage to change everything Com. That's the courage to change everything.com.
3: Do your legs ever feel restless, swollen, or fatigued? Do you ever get cramps that disturb your sleep? You might be suffering from chronic venous insufficiency, an extremely common problem affecting about 40 million Americans. The good news is that help can be found with Vita Support MD's Vein Formula Supplement, Their vein formula supplement supports normal venous function and was created by board-certified cardiovascular surgeon Dr. John Chuback. Who made it his mission to provide the highest quality supplements using only the best ingredients and relying on scientific research from around the world? Doctor Chewbac is at the forefront of educating physicians and patients about the important role dietary supplements can play in the management of vein and lymphatic disease. It was his passion that led to the creation of Vita Support MD. Live a healthier life with Vita Support MD's vein formula supplement available at vitasupportmd.com. That's vitasupportmd.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
0: Well, welcome back, everybody. And John, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here right now. It's uh, been uh, a long time coming for us.
5: Yeah, thanks, Ken. I'm very happy to be here.
0: Well, listen, let me give you a formal introduction. For those of you out there that don't know John, John's devoted his life and his career to furthering human connection and cooperation around the world through empathetic communication. He's worked with individuals and organizations as a trainer, a coach, a mentor, speaker, an author, and he's dedicated to sharing his skills and practices and the structures of empathy and consciousness and conversation as part of health and well-being. Okay, John, I got to ask you, how did you get into this field?
5: Well... uh... My background comes out of a body of work called nonviolent communication, um, and I was uh, tremendously blessed to get to work with the the creator, the founder of that, Marshall Rosenberg. Um, so that was about twenty years ago, and I've been building my own body of work related or on top of that, basically based in nonviolent communication. But I like to I like to prefer to the word more generally as empathic communication so there's many different approaches to how do we human beings communicate that helps us remember I think what's really natural and innate to us which is to connect empathically that's hardwired into us and it's also hardwired how we get triggered and disconnected from that empathy and and compassion and connection with each other so parts of our brain and trauma and different things that that trigger us into ways where we're more in a fight flight freeze conflict aggressive mode rather than um connecting but there is a way to come back through communication to come back to connection and uh and I'll be sharing some of that with you all today. That's
0: great. Because, you know, I, I think most people, you know, if they get in an argument or they get upset or what have you, they, they really, you know, they, nobody wants to stay in that state. They want to move past that really quickly. So, um, you know, fortunately, uh, you know, I, I know you're, you're, you're the model. I've been practicing in my home life for over 20 years, and it's very effective. Um, how, well, let's talk about empathetic communication. What exactly is it?
5: What is it? Well, for me, it, it, at the core of it, there are, are basic components of communication. I think of them as, as uh, portals or doorways that each one is its own access point uh, to deepen into that kind of connection, to, to come back to it when we get uh, lost from it, when we get in conflict and disconnected. So these four components: observation, feeling, need, and request. And sometimes those are taught in kind of a techniquey way, and it's never been that for me. There, each one is is uh, as as Mahatma Gandhi would say, as old as the hills. That it's not like something brand new technique or so, It's but it is a technology that. Um, if we know how to use those four components, we can. I found it can transform really any any conflict or disconnection. We can bring it back back to connection. So John, so,
0: what are those four? What are the four um, components that uh, you just mentioned?
5: Yeah. So observation, I think of as the ability to observe our mind, what our mind, how our mind is perceiving whatever some say what somebody's doing that is difficult for us, what they're how they're behaving, what they're saying. And then also being aware at that level, observing our our thoughts, our stories, our interpretations, and particularly how we're evaluating and judging. And, and a way we can do that that tends to disconnect us is to go into judgment of right and wrong, good and bad. And that comes out of a place of what we all need that's behind that. But when we judge each other and we blame and we want to sometimes punish each other for, for wrongdoing, that often disconnects us. So this first component is to just be aware of that and be able to observe that instead of being kind of lost inside of the the, the thinking, the mind activity there. So that's observation. And y'all, if you're listening, could think if there's something that happened recently, you want to, you know, what is it that happened and what are you telling yourself? How are you evaluating and judging that? Can you observe yourself doing that? Next is feeling. So going from kind of up in the head of noticing what our mind is doing to be also aware of our whole body. So what are we feeling in our bodies and to actually drop attention down and be present in our bodily experience? and to sort of feel it, but also to put accurate language to it. You know What actually are the sensations and emotions in us? And a lot of people mix up feeling language with thinking, still in that thinking realm. So saying things like, I feel like this person's such a jerk, or I feel that this is really inappropriate. I'd say those are still more thoughts. It's more about the thought realm rather than really being in the body feeling realm. So if we think someone's being rude or inappropriate what are we feeling is it anger is it frustration is it stress and anxiety is it disappointment you know what is it you know is it sensations in our chest or our belly what's going on in us at that deeper level and how can we put really accurate language to that and similarly for needs and fee- and requests it's just like that kind of awareness and i think of them in dimensions of both language and awareness that really helps us come back to connection.
0: Oh, that's that's amazing. Uh, that's it's uh, really well described. Well, listen, I got to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll continue this conversation. We'll be right back.
1: Comes a time when you know you need to restart and regain control of your life. A time to seek freedom from the anxiety, addiction, and other issues that may be bringing you down. A time to heal and re-emerge as the real you. Villa Kalima is a holistic residential recovery program exclusively for women for individualized treatment. Villa Kalima offers proven clinical and holistic therapies for the mind, body, and spirit to assure sustainable recovery. Villa Kalima focuses on healing the cause, not temporarily masking symptoms. It's the only way to truly recover and find yourself again. Villa Kalima is located in a beautiful, peaceful, resort-like setting and is a licensed and accredited residential treatment center accepting a variety. Of Health Insurances. Start your healing and renewal today by calling Villa Kalima in La Costa, California at 760 814 8214. 760 814 8214. Villa Kalima, a place for transformation.
0: Welcome back, everybody. If you just joined me, I'm uh, speaking with my guest, John Kenyon. He's devoted over 20 of his years to help people to effectively communicate. John, we talked about a couple of the uh, 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 components to effective communication. Are there additional ones?
5: Yeah, yeah. So there's another layer of, I think, of just our human experience, these kind of dimensions or layers. So going from what we awareness of what we thinking and perceiving and then feeling in our bodies at kind of the individual level of our sense of being an individual separate self in relation to others. And then there's another dimension of our experience. It's more about the universal, how we all share in something a commonality. And for me, that's a key aspect of empathy and and empathic connection is to experience an underlying sort of unity a oneness of our, of our being part of the same um, web of life, if you will, on this planet. So this commonality and shared humanity with each other as humans, and then this sense of being all part of the same um, biosphere, all part of life together on this planet. So there's a language that actually points us there, a language of needs, needs that we, like, love and safety and respect and trust that when we go, when we connect what we think and judge and believe, underneath that are these needs that are universal and on our feelings, what we're feeling and emotions in our body is also we can connect those. It's this idea we can drop down even deeper and wider to these these this this realm of the universal. And a, and a, a concrete way to get there is this language of of needs. And, uh, and there's a way so we can do that with language, but we can also do it with just a kind of an attention and awareness that's more open and expansive. So that's and then there's from that place, the last component of request. Once we touch into that more universal, what we all need and want, then we can look at what do we want to do from that place, from this being connected. So this would be a, a tip for everyone. Often we want to go straight to the solution and to fix something, solve it but we haven't connected enough. We haven't gotten to that empathic connection first. So these first three components are to get to that place within ourselves, between ourselves and others. And then this last component is then going to the solutions. What are we requesting of ourselves, others? And how can that not be a demand? Because the distinction between a request and the demand is really key because the moment we perceive a demand, right? We tend to shut down. We tend to go into that fight or flight mode of uh, anger, fear, reactivity, defensiveness, shutting down, or fighting, you know, being at war uh, with each other in one way or the other. So when we move into request from that connected place, it's much more expansive and powerful, like what possibilities of how we could work together to meet those needs. So our attention is gone from being lost up in our kind of automatic thinking and reactivity of the mind and the Maybe the trauma is in our bodies to this deeper place and wider place of connection. And then, how do we want to actually make specific, concrete invitations to invite collaboration? Invite what could we do for each other to support each other's well being, to meet each other's needs, to enjoy what we humans love to do when we feel safe enough? We enjoy giving to each other and receiving around meeting our well-being, caring for our well being. Yeah.
0: You know, John, um, what uh, let me ask you this what is the relationship uh to of communication to health and wellness? And mm. or is there a communicate or is there a relationship in your opinion?
5: Yeah, so I really see that this kind of communication that I'm talking about and that's is very practical ways of using language and awareness to do this, to do what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's very practical. It's very, very concrete and that that is actually, I see it as just another extension of what is human health and wellness really about how not only, you know, food and, you know, diet, exercise, different things that we typically think of as health and wellness but now mindfulness is really you know, great strides to see how meditation and mindfulness is part of our well-being and health. For me, just how we communicate empathically and resolve conflicts in this way that I'm describing is to, part of being healthy, part of being resilient, part of being able to deal with the stresses and challenges of, of the world, that we can um, have this, this, this support of if we can have people we can talk to in this kind of way, and, and talk to ourselves that that is part of being healthy, as well as, of course, in a healthy way, dealing with our conflicts. So that's how I see it. It's just another extension of understanding. I, I what that.
0: is it? T- so- Thank so you. let me ask you this: Can we give let's let's give the audience an example of what empathic communication might be like? So you know, if I'm upset, hey John, you just said something to me I really don't like. Um, I can't believe now I'm now I'm saying you know John, I really don't like you either. You know I, I can't believe you're you're telling me these things. How would empathic communication work for someone?
5: Well, actually, uh, what what comes to mind is I was recently with a a family. I like to work with with families, uh, uh, adult uh, children and their parents. And um, so I was just thinking that that there was this tension between one of the daughters and her father. And I kind of slowed down the conversation between them. And she spoke about this thing that had happened between them, something she wanted to do, that he was... Not liking and having some judgments about. So I uh, I reflected back to her what I heard her saying about, about that and how she was feeling. And then what she was needing, what was she wanting underneath all that? It was to be trusted by her dad. So by her dad is sort of the strategy of the specific thing, just that uni- the universal part is don't we all want to be trusted and particularly by the people close to us? right? The people that we deeply care. So the need to be trusted. And then I asked the father who was just about to respond to that. And I said, hold on, hold on. Would you say back to her what I just did? Would you tell her back what you heard her say? So I'm asking him to connect with her. So first it was meeting with her and her with herself and then at these different levels. And then would he do it first before he responded and I had to interrupt him a couple of times. But hold on, hold on. Just, just say back what you heard. And he, and then uh, he just said the first part's back. Oh, yeah, so she thinks this and she's feeling upset. And then I say, oh, but she also said about trust. What did you hear there? Can you reflect that back? He said, yeah, she wants me to trust her. She wants to be trusted. And in that moment, she just broke down and sobbing. And he didn't quite know what to do, um, but it was very sweet because he reached out his hand and they held hands while she cried. And I said, don't do any, just, just be with her. Just be with her feelings. This need to be trusted. Don't try to fix it yet. Just be there. Yeah. So then, and then after that, they talked about how, um, you know, what, what was coming up in him around that. And then they, they figured out this beautiful way that they could, work together and this, this, this issue that had come up in the family. Um, and it was really, really sweet and beautiful how they, uh, how they worked that out. So it all, it kind of, that was the turning point. That was the shift because of this focus. And where were we, where was the communication happening in a new way that they hadn't experienced before?
0: Well, you know, I, I like what you're talking about because, you know, you get to the essence of communication, which is really connection, right? We want to connect with each other. And, you know, when when trauma, drama, you know, upsets, things like that happen, it tends to separate us and we tend to go into, I guess I'd call it the monkey mind and start looking for everything that's wrong with somebody. Um, is there uh, like is there uh, you've talked in in you and I in, in your book, uh, the maps of uh, empathic communication. Um, I'm going to put your book up mm. on the screen, too, by the way. Uh, but uh, talk to us about the map of uh, of um, empathetic conversation. Let's let's do that.
5: Yeah, yeah. So that's really been the arc of my work. It's come out of of, of this body work of nonviolent communication. How my own work has has developed out of that. Has it started with mediation, mediating between two people? So being a mediator and helping two people using these tools. Of communication, this this kind of communication and helping two people relate to each other in that way, and that we uh, and and the partner that I co-developed this body of work with, we realized, wow, that's that's kind of like a map, that's a roadmap. If you're a mediator, these steps to take people through in in, in a conversation between the two of them. So it's five mm-hmm. steps of this mediation model, and then we realized, man, that that sense of a map and a model to navigate different kinds of conflicts. So if it's conflict within ourselves, different parts of ourselves in conflict about the past or about the future we want to move into or um, conflict between ourselves and another person, we want to communicate and resolve something with another person, or we want to prepare ourselves to talk to somebody beforehand or after something happens, we're feeling still conflicted about it. And I kind of debrief it and learn from what happened. So there's these different, I call them territories in this world of conflict that we get into. They're universal kind of archetypal. And if we have a map of a certain kind of steps and sequence, a way I think of as a container of conversation that is related to each of these different areas of conflict, we can navigate it much better. We can use the skills and the tools to navigate in that area. And there's about <clears throat> at this point over ten different of these conversation maps that 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 I've developed uh, that uh, just give this incredible kind of clarity and ability to be effective. in
0: well, I love the fact that we can learn this, and um, I also love the fact that you got several books love- out, one which is called "The Conflict to Connection." Um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, are some of these uh, uh, key hmm. points we're talking about today? Is that are they in the book? And uh, I put on the screen JohnKenyon.com dot com if you want to get the book. Hopefully you can get it there, John. Go ahead.
5: Yeah, yeah. Those this uh, those kind of maps are in there, and this this metaphor that came out of starting with mediation, the three chair kind of a, a called a three chair model. Of, and, and it became has become for me over the years this metaphor of a sort of the duality that we live in which gets polarized in the conflict. But then there's this third chair that the mediator sits in, but it represents to me something way deeper um, is consciousness itself, awareness that can hold a kind of a non-dual unity consciousness perspective of holding both sides, empathy for both. So the idea that at, at the center Of this, there's the components that I went through with you. There's this kind of triadic, uh, kind of third dimension that we can hold that unifies a conversation, and then these maps we can follow. And in that uh, from conflict to connection book, there are a number of those conversation maps. Both we can do with ourselves and between ourselves and other people, and and practicing to have difficult conversations. So we're more successful in the moment. That's great.
0: So you can get the book, uh, the uh, conflict to connection at johnkinyon.com. That's John J O H N Kinyon K I N Y O N.com for my audio audience. Uh, You might want to check this out. This uh, this communication model that John's talking about, like I mentioned to you earlier has changed. Uh, I don't even think I'd be married quite frankly, if I didn't know this method. Um, because I I didn't grow up uh, learning how to really communicate my feelings and communicate effectively and and you know and understanding other people's feelings that uh, just wasn't part for me I think that's a for a lot of people listening uh, it's a learned skill set but once you learn it it changes your communication if you're you're like me you want peace and harmony in your home one of the best ways you can do that is find out what John is talking about here. And, uh, go check it out. John, let me, uh, switch gears for a second. We only got a few more minutes here. Actually, uh, actually, you know what? I'm just looking. We're out of time. Um, gosh, I'm going to have to have you back on the show. Um, so let me just do this. You've got one minute. What, uh, uh, what, what is your message to the world right now?
5: My message is that, you know, I believe that we human beings, uh, if we don't learn how to bridge our differences and work together, we're not going to make it. That that might sound like hyperbole, but I think it's quite possibly true uh, that we really need at this point to, to know how do we expand that circle of empathy beyond just ourselves and those close to us, but to, to everybody to connect that way so we can work together so we can resolve and face all the challenges we're facing from the intimate ones in our own lives to the global challenges that are so daunting. And it is possible. The technology is here. We have it. It just takes the will to go into this place together. And that's what I want people to know that it actually exists. We can deal with any conflict or difference if we have these tools.
0: I love it. Well, listen, John, thank you for being a guest today. Thank you all of you for joining us today. at Voices of Courage. I encourage you to listen to us on YouTube and or Twitch or on, let's see, where else? net. There's a whole bunch of places. Or just tell Cortana, Siri, or Alexa to play Voices of Courage podcast. Until next time, I want you to continue to see the unseeable and know the unknowable and do the impossible.